who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Welcome to My Vagina, this is Jesse Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current <laughs> historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. <laughs> Just kidding, you fools, it's definitely researched. Seventeen real life would you rather's I, a woman, have had to ask myself. Ooh. So the first one is, would you rather have a career or a family? Oh God, I pick career. Career? Yeah. I. Why do I have to pick one? Yeah. That should be the real question. Yeah, you know. Katie Hadigan has this great joke. She was just on Colbert, where she's like, you know, women can't have it all, career or family, even though it's two things, <laughs> right? And, and, and like, <laughs> women are so used to multitasking everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's yeah. not, we're literally asking for two things. Like, yeah. can we have a stable family and a stable career and not get fucked for having one or the other? Right. Or mm-hmm. shamed for one or the other? The f- right. I refuse to answer that question. Well, I want both. Right. I want career so, right now first. Right. So this is, this is why it's so funny because these are all just, this is super tongue in cheek. So a couple down is, uh, would you rather be called sweetie or ma'am? Ugh. I'd rather be called cunt. Yeah. All right, there you go. We can we can open this up. Oh, I, hate, <laughs> I hate both. I hate him so I mm. I'll take ma'am. I hate being I think called I'd, sweetie by an older man. I mm-hmm. fucking hate it. So, yeah, sweetie or honey, it's it, like, like diminishes bitch, you. Please. Yeah, I would pick ma'am too. And ma'am is like so associated. I think we're taught to be angry about that because, because it means so that you're an older woman. Mm-hmm, associated with age. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd pick ma'am too. <laughs> This list is so good. Would you rather shoot literal botulism into your face or look your real age, you hag? <laughs> oh, I, I do. I already told myself when I get um, famous that I want uh, to boat. I have like wrinkles on my arms that I want to Botox. So I'm going to do what? literal botulism in my arms. Do yeah. It. I hope one day like our society can get comfortable growing old and being cool about it but mm-hmm. i also realize that we're a vain fucking society and if you want to get botulism in your face fucking do it yeah you know i had a, I had a guy friend who did it the other day and he was like i didn't want to tell anybody and i was like why fuck it botox actually used for migraines and stuff now too which is oh. awesome. yeah this girl that i know was getting really bad migraines and she was like can you tell there's something weird with my forehead i was like no girl your forehead looks great and she's like well i got botox in it for my migraines and it really works damn um, wow yeah I no clue I mean, and the other thing, I mean, I've thought about it not, and I don't know that I would do Botox necessarily, but I do think that if, like, I really like my boobs and I think that I would probably get a lift. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. I would do I that. I do. I love yeah. my tits, too. Yeah. Like, I love them. Um, yeah. Them. 
And if I felt like I, if I, and like maybe I'll, maybe they'll change and I'll still love them the same. Who knows? But if I'm like, if I don't like looking at them anymore because I'm, because of, and maybe it's societal shit, but you know what? That's fine. Sometimes I'm just gonna be like, you know what? It makes me feel better. Yeah. So I'm going to fix it. That's okay. Do you guys watch Gilmore Girls ever? I used to. Okay. There's this one episode where Lorelai realizes that maybe everything that she's seen or everything she likes in her life is because her parents hate it. And I feel like right now, especially women are in this like area where we're trying to figure out, is this societal that we Mm -hmm. feel this way, societal conditioning, or is this just what we really fucking like? Like Mm -hmm. she's eating a Pop-Tart and she's like, do I like this because this tastes good or because my my mom said, fuck no, I can't Mm -hmm. have this. And I feel like that's what it is about like how we feel about the way that we look and like what we want for the future, Mm -hmm. like body-wise, mental, mentality-wise. And so I think that's a lot of what this is right now. Like, actually, no, I just, I fucking want Botox because Gwen Stefani does it every three years and like, fucking look at her. She's like 79. She's not, I don't know how old she is. But But still. still. Maintenance is something we all do. We all cut our hair and put on, you know, we wear the things that make us feel sexy and comfortable. So I feel like as long as you are actually happy with yourself and you like being with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. My mom keeps saying that, like, should I get Botox? Should I not? And I'm like, if you feel like you want to, then do do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally yeah. like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Like you have to like stop and is it like for you. Yeah. yeah. Is it and for the you other and you thing, like how you feel in the mirror? Yeah. The other thing too is I was talking to someone about this uh over the weekend. Um, women, specifically women, as we get older, are invisible. I do not want to be invisible. Like mm-hmm. I and like I don't know what it takes to not do that. I don't know if that's gonna change. I don't know if talking about it will make it differently different. Like I'm cool being an old lady as long as I can wipe my own ass. But <laughs> But like, I just don't want to walk down the street and feel like I am completely unimportant. Yeah. And I wonder if that's a very American thing, too, because I do think like America is very Mm -hmm. bad at like taking care of older people. people. Yeah. And so I think we all are very afraid of like getting old. And that's one of the reasons, too. Can I also just say (laughs) that like in this room, I find it really difficult to think of any of us being <laughs> right, right. That's like, why you were yeah. laughing over there. She's very opinionated. <laughs> you talk about sex all the time on stage, and I will just show my boobs to anyone. And yeah. just, you're wearing a <laughs> uterus necklace, so exactly. yeah, which looks great. Thank yeah. you. With the bodysuit, I great. love it. And I knew my mother would recoil at the very idea of me having a pop tart. I could just picture her <gasps> a pop tart, and so I had one. And I opened the little silver wrapper and I took a bite. And I thought nothing had ever tasted so good. I thought it tasted like freedom. It tasted like I was my own person. The Pop-Tart tasted like freedom and rebellion and independence. Wow, that's some Pop-Tart. What flavor was that? So we're here with Natalie Wall, and she is the host of Awkward Sex in the City. This is true. This is a thing. I never know what to say. I'm like, yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> yes, it sure is. We're going to tell us about Awkward Sex in the City. Yeah. Um, so there's two versions. There's the monthly New York show, which is like always just different comedians coming on and telling awkward sex, dating or relationship stories. Yes. And then there's the touring one, which is, it's the same people that go and we have like very specific stories that we tell. But it's like the same group when we go to like D.C. or Baltimore, Boston or wherever we go for our tour. 
I can't wait. Like, I, 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 yeah. I was like, yes, this I get to talk about sex. Yeah, you should do it. You guys should both dream. do it. I'll do it. Oh my God, I yeah. And so it many weird sex stories. Yeah. What? I'm not an onstage kind of gal. You know what? Some people aren't, and I get that. I yeah. wasn't. I had like crippling, crippling stage fright until I think like junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then it was just gone. And I was like, ooh, now I want to be this. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, on stage, I am the most comfortable I think I ever am in my life, let alone awesome. like being with like family and like very close friends. Meeting new people and doing specifically one-on-one conversations, I like break down and like cannot handle the pressure of like actively listening and contributing and remembering this person. Like I am so awkward and so shy, one-on-one new people. Like this was fine because it was like three or four of us. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool, cool. But oh my God, absolutely not. I can't like the one-on-one, in, like it's like the intimacy of it. And I'm not in control anymore. On stage, I am in control. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now I have to like really, really be there. And it just like fire ants through my body. Yeah. Like I can't handle like it. having to pick up that silence. Which hence yeah. the awkward in Sex and the City. I was like, no, like I'm just so fucking awkward. And it comes into every part of my life, including sex and dating. So yeah. I love that. How did you, like, when did you decide to turn your show into a podcast? Um, probably four years ago. Okay. <laughs> and I kept being so afraid of having to do one-on-one conversations that I kept just, like, not doing it. But I just realized that, um, yeah, it just goes back to, like, getting as many people out there and being able to feel seen and heard uh, about, like, their stories. Because this show is now almost five years old, and I've never heard a similar story from different people. Yeah. Like, it's always different. It's always, like, you, like, the things you hear, you're like, holy shit. (laughs) That's never happened to me. (laughs) Like, holy shit. I've been binge listening to your show for the past few days. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, I love it. Oh, thank you. It's weirdly comforting to me. Um, That is what a lot of people have said. Yeah, because it it sounds like a conversation that I have with my girlfriends. And so I feel like I'm at the table with you. You don't sound, like, like, awkward at all. And it's just really refreshing to hear women so openly talking about sex because there's such a taboo around it in our society Mm and absolutely and in general and also if you're a lady you know and you want to know how many knuckles your girlfriend stuck in some guy's ass it's like weird (laughs) and it's like it shouldn't be you know why are you withholding from me tell me what happened (laughs) tell me you know tell me everything why are you keeping this from me but uh, you know in our society we get shamed for either talking about it too much or not talking about it at all. You're the Madonna mm-hmm. or you're the whore. My my mom definitely had like a very overbearing uh, mother with rooted in like huge like Catholicism, Catholic guilt. And I'm also, I think I talked about this on one of the podcasts with Anita, but our th- my grandma's crazy, like legitimately crazy. And my I'm pretty sure she has borderline personality disorder and also likes ladies, but was not born in an era where that was like allowed. So not only does she really hate men, but she like really hates women. And so my mm. mom had to deal with that for her whole life. And so I'm pretty sh- pretty sure she just decided with me that she was just going to tell me everything. This is what it is, blah, 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 right out the gate. We were talking about sex when I was like seven. And so it's just always been a very like open and normal thing. So when I hit like high school and and around a lot of other like women and men and all of a sudden there was these weird stigmas and stuff, I was like, I don't 
understand. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't compute. Right. And then Sex and the City came out and I was like, this is the best show ever. <laughs> and then that just became like the dream. I was like, I want to be Carrie. I want to write about sex and relationships. Now rewatching it, that show is problematic as fuck. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Holy shit. But it's still crazy how even like, what was that? Like 10, 20 years ago? That was 20. so fucking progressive. Yeah, because it was before September 11th. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, think about like the West Wing, for example. I have a hard time sitting through the West Wing because there's so much mis- misogyny in it but mm-hmm. it was also or like Mad Men I can't watch it I understand it's a period piece and I understand it makes sense in the time mm-hmm. that it's expressing and I get that that the West Wing was written in the 90s and the 2000s and so it reflected the language of the time and so like Sex in the City was before I mean certainly there were like we were all young and oh yeah you know, so that's one young. thing but it's like as a society Twitter wasn't around so we didn't have access to people that we don't that aren't in front of us all the time mm-hmm. so we weren't having these things brought to our attention in terms of racism mm-hmm. and <laughs> other stuff that should have been talked about I'm sure there were people talking about it but not in any media sources that I was reading I mean I still watch Friends but it's it's hard because it's like a mm-hmm. petri dish of yeah like racism misogyny and homophobia yeah. and so sometimes I'm like Ooh, uh, yeah uh. yeah it's crazy but it still has its value I guess is the point yeah even if it's like a little bit nauseating sometimes it still has its value it taught us a lot like Samantha taught us everything we ever need to know about Mm -hmm. like when she was like I'm a trisexual I'll try anything it's like yep that's called pansexual this is like a real thing like let's talk about it how they handled like bisexuality was awful Carrie dated that dude and that was their main like bisexuality episode um, it ends with them playing Truth or Dare and Alanis Morissette lands on Carrie and she was like, oh, you got a girl spin again. And then she was like, no, like we're going to kiss. Yeah. And then she was like, this is how I feel about bisexuality. As she like writes and she's smoking out of her window and stuff. Oh, yeah, wow. it was not. Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, it did start the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it which, started It started that conversation that we needed back then. Yes. Yeah. I ideally want to go back to school for human sexuality because I don't I just feel like it's you're never it's never going to stop like what you learn or what's mm. happening or what's growing. And I think that's really important that like people especially if you want to learn about it or talk about it. Like it's just a responsibility you have to have to be as knowledgeable as you can. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, I think that's the only thing I'm really nervous about, not putting like my literal sex life out in like every platform possible, but making sure that I'm telling the right facts about things when like with things like this or with awkward sex in the city, the podcast or with my show, sex with your mom, the adult sex ed game show. It's like, you have to research. Like people do not know things. Don't fuck it up. Like don't Mm -hmm. them. This is the monologue I have to myself. Like you don't want to give them wrong information. Mm -hmm. You can be funny and respectful at the same time. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're fighting against the wrong information. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you want to make, sure that like if people are coming to you for something and and you're not an authority on necessarily but you do want to make sure your information is correct because we all know as we've talked about here a million times there's not the access isn't there the information's not there people aren't being taught early enough and so if people are finding their own media sources and we are those media sources you know you you want to you want to be there yeah are you guys the friends that everyone tells you everything about for the most part, they're like, oh, my God, this happened. Oh, my God, that happened. Oh, my God, what is this like? About sex? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's a huge honor. It's like a huge honor and a huge responsibility. I am. I actually, I have a, a guy friend. He gave me like the nicest compliment the other day because he's uh, polyamorous. And so he he was like, you're so non-judgmental. I know I can literally talk to you about like any sex act or any relationship that I'm in. And, you know, you'll not only be happy and celebratory about it for me, but you'll also be 
cool with it. So I really, that made me feel real fucking good. <laughs> oh yeah. I and love like, that. More uh, the, re- like the relationship stuff people come to me for, but not the other stuff really. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah you're a good sense. person to go for relationships. <laughs> <laughs> She's like done it. Yeah. I feel bad. I definitely lean on that a lot. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I'm like, Hey, let's talk about this for the 168th time. Okay. You know that thing that <laughs> happened? I want to repeat it until it makes sense in my head again. Uh, you uh, know what? We've lit- we've all been there. There's yeah. always been like that one thing that we just want to keep talking about it until it sounds normal and then you say it enough and then you're like, oh. Every time it gets better. If you don't get it out, it just keeps replaying in your head and that is not good. You know, like being on that fucking, that, that loop. hamster wheel and you're just lying in bed like, ugh. I assume you're the person everybody comes to. I absolutely am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, which is has been that way for as long as I can remember. Because I actually didn't lose my virginity until I was 20. So my mom was a registered nurse. And like I said, she was like super open with me. Like she would be like, you need to have sex before marriage, sex with more than one person, like preferably at the same time. Um, so she also then would tell me in high school that the pill and a condom and me and my brother are still here. And I was like, there's no way in hell. Like, this is actually a bit. It's like, I was mm-hmm. like, there's no way in hell that she's not lying to me. Like, <laughs> there's no way. She's sold me everything else. Mm-hmm. Turns out she's fucking lying. <gasps> but, of course. Yeah. You're using like, yeah. a condom, you're on the pill, you're fine. Certainly not twice. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah. yeah. One time, I don't know, maybe, but not twice. Yeah, it turned out they weren't doing using anything. They um, And it was with my dad, so I guess it's fine. But, like, the first time, I think she, like, like, they weren't using anything and the second time the pill was making her feel fat so she went off the pill mm-hmm. yeah so f- total bullshit but yeah. she said that to make sure i didn't have sex <laughs> oh my god mm-hmm. but she wanted you to have sex before marriage just not just not in high school <laughs> yeah so and i when i confronted her about it i was like was that were you lying she was like yeah did you have sex and i was like no and she was like good life fucking accomplished <laughs> But I had told myself, I was like, I'm not having sex in high school because fuck these dudes. Like, I do not care about any of them. And then I, in college, I was like, I'm not having sex until eight months before I graduate. So that way, just in case yeah. something happens, I still have a diploma before I have a baby. Oh, my God. And also your awesome. mom basically told you condoms don't Yeah, work. totally. She told me pills don't yeah. work. She's like, you're fucked, basically. You're going to have a baby. So just know. Like, I imagine sperm with, like, their boxing yeah. gloves on. Like, you know, a katana sword. And they're like, fuck you, condom. Just like rips through it we're coming in speaking of awkward sex i don't know if i should bring this up but i really want to i, I think my do mom it. i don't think my mom listens to this oh yes do um, it. but my dad told me he always forgets but i i kind of believe him sorry mom i love you but uh he told me the other day we were having a drink and he goes uh, I got your mom pregnant on the first time and i was like i know you've told me <laughs> you don't have to tell me again yeah, you're like and i'm he, good yeah and he goes into greater detail about his sperm and starts telling me that they have helmets because they can work their way through anything. And that's why I'm here. They're like mine, they're like worker ants. Yeah, and he (laughs) wouldn't stop saying it. I was like, I get it, your sperm are strong. Shut it down, (laughs) shut it down. Oh my God, your dad (laughs) is so funny. He also alluded to the fact that I might have a brother and I was like, could you give me more information? He's like, eh, she won't tell me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, for fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. That's... Thanks, Pa. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. I love it. This doesn't I... surprise me, having met him. No. Well, yeah. it's not the same, uh, but both of my parents have seen me perform my awkward sex stories. Yes. I oh, yeah. really want to know how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. They're very cool with it. Like, uh which awesome. I find like my if you ever meet my dad like he's very 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 quiet he's from Danville Virginia so very quiet southern 
um, very reserved. Turns out he was the one that helped my mom be uh, not sexually repressed anymore. Supposedly he's the one that's got like the super high libido. Mm-hmm. Would have had no clue. I really hope he, this is not the one episode he listens to. <laughs> so be like, <laughs> like why, why are you telling people? Because you never, you would never know. Like you never guess. You'd never see it in him. So like we would never have a conversation like that ever. Right. Um. Yeah. My family's weird. I love it. I mean, my mom wouldn't have that conversation with me. Okay. So yeah, we're just, we're flipped. Like it's just, my mom is like, well, here we go. My mom has seen multiple ones. I think my dad actually saw one of the worst shows of my life and it was in like a very badly lit venue. So I was just making direct eye contact and I was like (laughs) holding the microphone and I was like, it was like my second tour show ever. And I was like, I hope this works out because this is a bad story for all of us if it doesn't. Right. Um, What were you talking about? It was my first uh, sexual experience in New York City, which basically was a one night stand of a guy that was like definitely coked out on a lot of different things. He was just like a crazy, crazy person. And I remember just being like, "Okay, this is not a good moment in any part of my life. Welcome to this knowledge, Dad. (laughs) Don't worry, I got a degree at least. (laughs) And I'm here. I'm okay. I'm here. Yeah. And my mom's heard that story. And she's also heard uh, the first time I had sex with my my current boyfriend. Um, I got explosive diarrhea. Oh, no. So Amazing. she she heard that story. It's oh, a great one. Not like on him. Or OK, anything. that's what like, I was. Imagining. I made it to the toilet. Oh, thank but, God. Yeah. Um, I mean, for you. I yeah. mean, it happens. Sometimes your butt just wants to do what it wants. Yeah, to do. it's living its own life. Yeah. I mean, listen, I've got. All kinds of problems with we my can butt. T- we so. can t- that was the politest way you could have said that. I, I have another show called Awkward Poop in the City. Oh, that's my show. You should do it. Oh, it's, women come on it and say it's so day. liberating. Because I yeah. always, I book female heavy because, of course, we're never given times to talk about poop yeah. or sex. So we should again, 100% do it. Which yeah. wh- Again, which is why I love your show. Because I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normalize this, please. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. no, that's so kind of what I figured out as I got older. I I pick taboo subjects for women to normalize them. Mm-hmm. So we have sex, we have poop, and the next one, me and my friend might be doing about religion. How religion mm-hmm. has fucked us up a lot. Because like mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school, born and raised Catholic, so I am a hardcore atheist. Um, just nope, no, I have, like, no, no. Four questions for you, but I you you went to a Catholic school that made you go to pro life rallies, right? I did. Ooh, yes, I want to hear about yes, that. Yes, I did. First of all, tell me about that. Second of all, I want to talk about farting on somebody's cock. And then also I want to talk about taboo of sex. I'm just reminding myself. <laughs> yeah, I love this list. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, God. What? I honestly kind of I've locked it out of my memory. We had to do stupid, stupid retreats, too. Like we had to go like to the D.C. Cathedral and do like a three day retreat. And it was just awful. I was in middle school. I hated it. I remember there'd be kids like girls like older than you, like trying to I fuck these guys and be like, well, if you're not on your period, like or if you're on your period, you're not going to get pregnant. And I remember being like, that is not true. My um, mom told me all of these things. <laughs> right. Like, OK. My favorite story from that. So the school was really, really, really small. Like my graduating class in eighth grade was 14 kids, 12 girls, two dudes. So hormones were fucking crazy. But as they usually are. As when they usually are. Mm-hmm. And now you only have two boys to go after. One was my best friend. I was like in love with him. Remember when like three-way calling was like a big thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend. Made those mistakes. <laughs> Remember the phone it. bill the first time and your parents were like, what the fuck is this? Because yeah. it cost like 75 cents per for per phone call or something. Oh, I don't remember. I feel like I just used to get phone bills. They used to charge you for like star 66 to sneaky yep. call people. Yeah. Star 69. No, star, star 69. 67. 
I thought it was Star 66. Was it Star 67? There were two. There was Star 69 that you could call right. back who just called you. Yeah. And then I think Star 67 was you could okay, uh, do one. anonymous. Yeah. That's the one. When you would call. Yeah. Um, or it would come up like private caller or something. We went back to the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, this story's in the 90s. It's, um okay, my friend, I'm not going to say her name. We're going to call her Molly. My friend Molly had like a very like strict family. Mm-hmm. And so she would call me and then I would call my friend's cousin who was a boy and then they would talk on the phone the catholic school found out about this and her family was so fucking crazy that i took the bullet for her i was like oh it's me talking to the boy Mm. i almost got suspended for talking to a boy on the phone Mm -hmm. not on school grounds on my like on a weekend and then it turned into like a three-hour phone call with my mom and i think at that time one of my teachers and i was like oh my god this is it like i'm in so much trouble my mom got off the phone and was like, this is fucking bullshit. Okay. You can talk to whoever the fuck you want. And then, um, Jesus. and I don't think I ever told her like who it was. Cause I was just like, I just make sure she like Molly doesn't get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, that is when I knew something was wrong. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm talking to a guy like, and I'm pretty sure my parents already knew too. I'd be like, yeah. I'm on the phone. Cause mm-hmm. I could. And so that's when I knew. Actually, no, I knew really I wasn't into religion when they told me my dog was going to go to hell because he didn't have a soul. Oh my God. Who told you that? Oh, a nun but the, the the current pope was like guys that's not true they'll be up there with you guys like the current pope is very like no we want you back yeah so all those lines you heard aren't true oh, bullshit i don't know my family was always sort of goofy about it it's like i had to go to i had to go to hebrew school because my grandpa was very important to my grandpa so we all got bar and bat mitzvah it was always very clear that my mom so my mom converted before i was born and one of the things that she said was she didn't put it exactly this way but she was like <laughs> reform judaism is what's up it's like sort of like pick and mix of religion oh, okay. like you don't have to do it all you just make it work for you That's you know what religion should be do what works for you mm. like mm-hmm. t- like take the morals that work for you and put them into your life and i i busted recently one of the biggest myths which was okay we're at the beach sandbar right okay. we're at the okay. sandbar so we walk like an actual sandbar so we walk through we go swimming and then there's a sandbar there and i realized jesus did not walk on water he found a sandbar <laughs> you guys a sandbar it was a fucking sandbar what a fucking liar That's right a ding oh uh, there's a cultural anthropologist ernest becker who said that sex is such a problem because it reminds humans of their basic um animal nature Huh. And so I guess because humans deal with uh, mortality concerns by embedding themselves in cultural symbolism and immoral beliefs, so religion, <coughs> heaven, mm-hmm. and animalistic physical behaviors kind of threaten the thing that we use to confront our own mortality. Uh, so like any sort of wow. any sort of thing that we don't have control over that that like ties us to this place means that there is there perhaps is no afterlife. There isn't anything that we're working towards. We're here now, and when time is up, time's up. We're world like, food. Yeah. Yeah. If you get hit by a bus when you turn seventy eight, which is my dream, <laughs> uh, you're just dead. That's specific. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine as I get older, that will change. So funny. <laughs> Most people just want to die in their sleep, and Rebecca's like, "Yo, I want to get hit by the B sixty five. I also I wanted to know what your other reactions to talking about your personal life on stage has been outside of your family because they seem super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. I So my mom and my dad and my brother and like sister-in-law very, very um, open about it and cool with it. Um, I have had a family on my dad's side who are very like Southern Baptists, very religious, um, like defriend me on Facebook, like don't talk to me because I talk about it. 
And then my crazy, crazy grandmother, like one of the last times I saw her, cause she's like, she's like blocked on my phone. I have not, wow. last time I saw her is cause she went crazy at Thanksgiving and me and my dad drove her back up to Baltimore. And I like put her in her stoop and was like, this is the last time I'm seeing you. Mm. But that week, that, that weekend she was like, why, like, why do you do this? Why do you think this is okay? You think, do you think women are funny? Like, do you think women want to talk oh about God. sex? And I was just like, yes. yeah, I do, granny. Yeah, do, you're do. like, and I have all of this evidence to prove that it's I have people wanting to do this. So yeah. clearly women do want to. Yeah. So like for the most part, it's been very, very, very positive. I, I'm going to jinx myself, but I've never had a heckler. <laughs> um, knock on wow. wood. Never. Because it's awesome. in the title. If you're coming to right. the show, you know what you're fucking getting. If you don't, you're a dumbass. You're and I don't <laughs> care about you. Um, It's been, it's just that. It's like the family, like the, those family members which I honestly don't give a shit about and I think my parents don't like that that I've so quickly disowned them but it, I'm not I've never judged them for their like religious background so fuck you for judging me on what I want to do with my career yeah. and like yeah. pretending like you've never had sex when you have multiple kids right like, fuck off where yeah. do you think they came from we all know the crane's not a thing right like yeah. why, why I, that's what I don't get like why deny this thing that we all do and love like porn like why do we deny that we love porn porn's great yeah uh, stop pretending like it's a bad thing we all fucking watch, watch it, it. <laughs> yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we spoke with this really awesome person lee um and they oh. were talking about uh about speaking to people about sex workers they do a lot of sex worker advocacy advocacy work and they were talking about it and saying that one of the things that they always try and bring up when people are arguing with them about how prostitution or like sex work shouldn't be legalized and all this other stuff is they're like, well, do you watch porn? Because if you watch porn, then you You're are participating in the industry. You're participating, in, You're the participating in sex work. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. so like, are those people just not supposed to have any protections? Do you want that to not exist anymore? Do you want it to be less safe? Do you not care? You know, it's a really interesting Oh, that's approach. a total like ace in your back. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I, that's, Boom, that is bitch. great. Welcome to my vagina started the origin story, which I'll go into in a a more eloquent way, but next time, but the origin story of welcome to my vagina happened years ago and years, years before I even started the web series. Uh, it was me and my girlfriends were sitting around a table talking like kind of the way you and Brittany were talking about our sexual encounters. And also, you know, I think one of us had had a queef happen. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about these things openly and honestly, because I'd been friends with them. We're very close and we were all pretty comfortable with our bodies you know well for the most part not so much younger much more now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but totally fair yeah. right but you know we were still we were talking in a crass manner I guess according to this man and he like kind of passed us by and was like women talk about this and I was like the fuck I was like welcome to my vagina bitch <laughs> honestly that's how awesome. yeah that's how welcome to my vagina came about that and then it's amazing I didn't even think about the web series until years later but it kind of stuck in my head because it became like an ongoing joke of course you know I, I think the guy was a friend of ours but he had he kind of looked grossed grossed out and was like women talk about this and I was like yeah motherfucker we talk about it what you talk they, about it, so why wouldn't we? Yeah, why what the, the fuck do we think not? that women talk about all the time? I don't know, but it, you know, and and then I I have received a lot of negativity, probably because it's online, mm, and so mm-hmm. you know, for the web series, I we have a lot of bad comments. We've had a little bit for the podcast, but I don't think people have caught on yet. We're ready for the hate mail, mm-hmm. but I do know, like, I've had a lot of roadblocks for having a show called Welcome to My Vagina between family members and boyfriends. Uh, Ah, that's mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm. Some dudes are it, not okay with it. No. Yeah. yeah. No, he was not comfortable with me talking about 
sexuality and particularly mine in a public personal way. And, and it was very shaming. And I still feel that way sometimes where I'm like, this is who I am. I feel very comfortable naturally talking about sex and my sex life. But occasionally I'm like, oh, this puts me in a category of that type of woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and rationally, I know that right. that's garbage because, right. yes, I am that woman and I'm proud to be because it's amazing and yeah. I'm sexual and I'm comfortable with my body. But in, you know, that irrational societal box mm-hmm. in the back of your head, you're always like, oh, this, yeah. this guy doesn't even want to look at me because I'm tarnished. You're co-owner of a, you're the co-owner of a story if you have a sexual encounter with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, putting it out, of course, you think about things like not giving the person's name. You know, you don't want to put the other person's name out there without their permission. Which I'm really presumably. bad about doing, and <laughs> I have a it's, lot. It's hard. It's it's hard. Um, I got, I keep a blog, and so it's easier in that context because I can, like, go back and edit and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I do try to be as anonymous as I possibly can about, you know, who, who I'm talking about. But I feel like there are stories. If we want to fucking talk about whatever the fuck we want, we can, as long as we don't, like quote unquote incriminate another person I try to ask people if they're cool with me using their names and if they are that's great anyone who thinks that they can censor our sharing of our own stories mm-hmm. is like they can just shut right up yeah honestly, they're, they're not an ally it. they don't understand what's going on exactly yeah. if they if people really want to censor you like that if yeah. friends or boyfriends or girlfriends family like family yeah mm-hmm. I'm just not a blood is thicker than water type yeah. of person mm-hmm. like I, I also come from a military family so like it was just that core group for like my whole life I don't think it's affected me that much as it may for other people like I've just been like fuck it like you weren't there whole mm-hmm. life like why should I care now as an adult when I'm doing something that possibly doesn't go with your standards yeah, yeah. If you're toxic to me, like if you love somebody, you're going to be supportive of what they love. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you're not and you're a toxic person in my life, I don't give a fuck if you're blood. Yeah. 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 And like this whole idea that that like what we talk about should like reflects poorly on people in our family is fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, you only think that because you're so s- small that you're so worried about what other people think about what the fuck I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about There's it. There's a lot of projection. Yeah. There's a lot of, I think, like, jealousness of being so open. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people really truly don't get to do that. And I think there's a lot of just kind of like stuntedness, like emotionally yeah. and mentally a lot of ways, which it's probably maybe one of the douchiest things I've ever said. <laughs> You're just stunted. Yeah. Um, but if it's true. Well, <laughs> I'm curious uh, what the stand-up world is like for you as a woman. So that's actually a really interesting question because I, because I'm bad in groups, I've kind of stayed away from the stand-up crowd. Like I'm not oh, really okay. a part of it and I'm not really a part of the storytelling crowd either. I kind of was like, I'm just going to do my own thing, which I was, I've kind of done my whole life where I was like, I, I'm making this show. I'm putting it on tour because I put it on tour like two years into doing comedy. And I remember being a lot of people being like, this is going to fail. Like, you're not ready. And I remember being I like, fucking hate when people tell mm-hmm. other they, people that all of those people mm-hmm. are not in my life anymore. Yeah. So because of that, I kind of haven't really experienced that much of the stand up world. And I haven't experienced that much of like the storytelling world because they are very separate. The New York City storytelling and stand up crowd are very different. Like a lot of stand ups are like storytelling is not comedy. And a lot of storytellers are like, fuck you. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those storytellers. Like, have you not seen Annette? It's fucking hilarious, but also makes you think, oh my God, is that just because comedy can be smart and funny and brilliant? Mm -hmm. Right. Whatever. I don't think I'd feel comfortable going to stand-up comedy because it just doesn't feel that safe to women by and large. I do think like open mics have a huge reputation for being the worst. I haven't done an open mic in like five years. The biggest red flag you have to look out for Mm -hmm. 
is if you are going on a date with a dude that's like, say he's a lawyer or he's like works in PR, he just has like, he has a normal job mm -hmm. and he finds out you do comedy. He's like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to try. It looks, it looks fun. Oh I think God. I can do this. And you're just like, are you kidding me? You don't understand like how much I've sacrificed, like stability, this like everything <laughs> and you're gonna be like yeah i just want to do it as a hobby flippantly is, yeah like so flippantly just like no go fuck yourself choke on a chopstick i don't know like just choke on a chopstick <laughs> that would be hard i don't know i like just, i really don't enjoy bartending particularly I've oh been are doing you a bartender for, yeah i've been doing it for a very long time but i do get really irritated when people are like Oh yeah, I just thought I'd start bartending for extra money. I'm like, I will literally destroy you. <laughs> I was a bar back last year because I was super poor, and my friend like got me the job, and it was the hardest job really of my hard. life. And I also got so sexually harassed there by <laughs> bartenders that worked there. <laughs> and then you get out at like 3 a.m. and you're walking <laughs> to the train, and then more you got weird dudes like trying to talk to you, and you're just like, oh, now I'm paying for a cab and like losing more money. Mm -hmm. Like this is the worst. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. sure, yeah, go ahead, do it. Fine. Go ahead, have fun. Yeah, go get um, a dollar tip when uh, on a $75 bill. This one, I just, I was wondering if I could impose and ask you an awkward sex story. Oh my God, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh wait, me tell one or you tell one? You tell one. I mean, I can, I'll, I'll, ba oh. I'll back you with my cock <laughs> fart story. Yeah. I almost said fought like Staten Island. Aw. Shut up. <laughs> I think I want to hear you. Okay, I mean, fine. I totally can. Also, it was an ex-boyfriend from a few years ago, but we weren't. We weren't dating. We were just kind of fucking around. And it was maybe the second time that we had had sex together. Mm -hmm. And as he told the story, and he didn't tell me this for like six months. And then finally, he he was like, can I tell this story? And I was like, sure. I don't really know what it is, but sure. I'm, I'm comfortable. And so he's telling our friends. And he said, you know, I'm lying in bed with you. We just had this really amazing sex. He's like, I'm thinking how like, you know, I'm stroking this like beautiful girl's hair and I'm so happy. And then pfft. and he goes, and that's when I realized you slept farted on my cock. <laughs> and I had no idea. <laughs> that's oh my so God. funny. <laughs> that's and awesome. I was like, oh, you still dated me. <laughs> how long did you guys date for? Oh, two and a half years. My favorite part of my two shows is there's so much fucking crossover between poop mm -hmm. and sex. So much. Hashtag anal. I just feel like the first three months of any relationship is literally just holding in farts. It's just like a, a, a constant stomach <laughs> yeah. ache because we're like, we can't. Like, you can't know that I'm human. You right. can't know that, like, air comes out of my butthole. My boyfriend, Aaron, I remember, like, the first three months dating, like, I would wake myself up farting and be like, oh, no, did he hear that? Like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I totally think I did that on the plane this morning. Just you woke yourself up from a fart. Yeah, totally. I do it pretty often. Yeah. I'll be like, who was that? Yeah, thank God I <laughs> nice brought the class to first class. Yeah. Oh, did you fart in first class? I think I might have. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yes, oh girl. My, God. Sure. my my friend did that recently. She was in my bathroom and I didn't. She was pooping, but she was on the phone with her boyfriend, and so she was coming in there and she was like, "Do you have?" And I was like, "Matches? Did you poop?" <laughs> oh and she, he heard it and she was like I was trying to keep that a secret we've only been dating for a month and I was like whatever girl he knows you poop but like, <laughs> yeah. but like how many times I mean I know I've done this a gazillion times where you start dating somebody it's the first few months or like month and a half and you stay over their house a couple of times mm -hmm. and then like I'm a morning shitter I mean I have oh, really yeah. bad mm -hmm. stomach problems so like I basically just shit constantly from like when I wake up until one in the afternoon but oh we can talk we can yeah. talk <laughs> But my dad's got IBS. So, I've got something. Yeah, me too. So, uh, so many times that I have been at a dude's house and like had coffee and breakfast and then just been like, 
oh my god i'm about to shit everywhere yeah and just like painfully waiting for them to like drive me home so i can run up to the bathroom and just like explode see i'm such a fast pooper that i just the the last bit of it will be leaving my asshole and i'll flush the toilet so i just in my head i no in my head i if i flush it the smell within three seconds it'll be gone (laughs) like it never existed (laughs) yeah I it's like if you he's standing up, like you like lose like weight or something. Like yeah. so I used to say always say that. Yeah. Like, okay, Jackie. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Shut know. your stupid mouth, I Jackie. Like <laughs> I poop fast because it's usually an emergency. Mm-hmm. But having I think probably IBS, that shit stinks. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like yeah. that's and I think it's actually only in my adult life. Because I was thinking about this this morning. I was like, when did I start planning vacations? Or like sharing <laughs> hotel rooms around like whether or not other people would be hearing my poop or right. smelling it. When oh, did that happen? That's like a thing. Girl, we're the same. Like my dad <laughs> cannot be anywhere unless there's two bathrooms. Mine too. Mm-hmm. Do we have the same dad? We might. How because they're fun. like, you never know when it's going to happen. That was the other thing my parents were very, very, very open about. And I have learned there are two camps. There's two family camps of either like you are like fecal friendly mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. or you never talk about it. Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad, like every morning, like my dad poops and my mom will like be putting on his makeup and then they'll switch. Like my mom will poop and then he'll put oh on his God. makeup. But they'll be like in the same, <laughs> they're in the same bathroom, like throughout yeah. the whole thing. Wow. Like we've been wow. so, it, we used to joke about it so much that finally my mom was like, you have to stop getting him fart birthday cards because he oh doesn't want to be the fart dad anymore. And I was like, oh, well, he is the fart yeah, dad. Yeah, it's too late. Once mm-hmm. the fart dad, always the fart dad. Oh, Sorry. yeah. Have you got nature? I remember my grandma being like, I don't eat nightshade vegetables. And I was like, the fuck is she talking about? And, you're like, and oh, now, now I'm I like, know. yo, she knew about the nightshade. <laughs> and you just put her in a corner and was like, goodbye, grandma. This is why we take care of our elders. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. They know about nightshade and all kinds of stuff. Well, I think it's over. I should never have farted. Jesus, Carrie, that's it. I've heard enough about the fart. It's not the fucking fart. I know it's not the fucking fart. I just, I think I'm in love with him and I'm terrified that he's going to leave me because I'm not perfect. What if he never calls and three weeks from now I pick up the New York Times and I read that he's married some perfect little woman who never passes gas under his $500 sheets? When did you get so obsessed with being perfect? I don't know. It's something about him. I mean, you should see me around him. I'm, I'm not like me. I'm like together, Carrie. You know, I, I wear little outfits, you know, sexy carry and casual carry. Sometimes I catch myself actually posing. It's just, it's exhausting. Well, then stop. Why don't you show him more of this carry? She's pretty great. You know, what if he doesn't like her? You write for Red Book and you wrote a lot of stuff about semen. So could you throw yeah. some semen facts out? Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Ugh. I know that it's one of my favorite articles I've ever written, too, because I have a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze reference in it. (laughs) But I do love writing for Red Book. It has been one of the most, the greatest learning experiences of my life. Like, the amount of stuff I've learned about sex and just having, like, so many people be like, thank you for, like, talking about this. Because, like, Red Book is an old-ass magazine, too, and it was not known for, like, talking about sex so openly. Right. Uh... Yeah, so I said, sure, sperm. Let's sure sperm helps make babies. But what else do we know about jizz? Let's all get teenage mutant into turtles on this junk and find the secret of the ooze. My favorite line I've ever written in my life. My, my favorite, which I think people really forget, is that semen is acidic and it will burn your eyes. I liked that fact. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, who she's doing the podcast uh, tomorrow, um, 
her, one of the first stories she ever told was the first time she had sex, the guy like jizzed on her stomach and she didn't know what to do. So she like played with it on her mm-hmm. stomach and then she like touched her eye. No. Yeah, and that's that? when she found out. No. And so that's always been one of my favorite facts because it's like, no, don't put that yeah. in your eye. If, if semen tastes good to you that you might have a zinc deficiency. Yeah. Because yes. um, that has never happened to me. So I guess yeah, I Yeah, uh, no, I've never had it taste good either. Which a lot of women do have a zinc deficiency deficiency so Mm -hmm. it's like important to know because it like can really fuck up your body Mm -hmm. i also love that semen has a bleachy smell and it's only because of spermine and they don't know why spermine smells bleachy weird yeah like i always found that really really interesting do you guys do do you guys know about sperm trees no No. what i mean they're probably not called sperm trees but in philadelphia there's like a few streets (gasps) oh i do yeah yeah and you walk by and it fucking smells like semen yeah in the springtime when they bloom yeah you walk by and you're like motherfucker it smells like somebody just whacked one out kind of like uh our ginkgo trees have you ever yes, smelled the ginkgo tree? That's what it is. I think it's ginkgo trees. Oh, okay. They, yeah, yes. they do smell awful. These are like yeah. pink flowery ones. They're beautiful. But they stink. But yeah, they I think it's ginkgo. Down. If I remember correctly, a, stay, a stay-at-home dad told me about them. In, in Central Park, they were a gift from either China or Japan to us. They're like, but they like literally <laughs> suck in um, toxins, uh, which is part of why they smell. And they expel semen. And they expel semen. <laughs> you can get pregnant if you put a ginkgo. That is the seventh fact on this on this article. Um, I, I feel like I'm totally full of shit, though. That'll be in the episode notes. Um, I remember them being like, because especially like the bulbs when they fall and you step on it, like it's mm-hmm. really it's like a like and a, then you get pregnant. Stink bug. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how yeah. And if pregnant. you wear a condom, it doesn't work. That's how baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Condom and a pill, you're still screwed. Um, one of the reasons you should pee both the dude and the lady should pee is because while pre-cum does not have sperm in it, if they did not pee beforehand, there may be sperm left from their last um, ejaculation. Whoa. Like if you do like two, like two in a night or something like, but if you pee, it's coming out the same duct. Right. uh, It will like clean it. Oh, well I always pee after sex. Yeah. And women should, (laughs) women should always pee. Women should always pee. That's how you like stop UTIs. Like just, fucking pee after just you pee. have sex See? but the dude should do See, if I'm you're healthy. not yeah you use are protection use honestly use protection like right. just use protection put on a condom yeah. like but um if you're not if you're doing like the pull out method that will increase its um chances Efficacy. of no babies right yeah which right we're all i'm in i'm i'm in the no baby club right here yeah my for, for the time being oh yeah once trump got elected i got that um id up there real quick oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. don't want to tempt, tempt the gods i'm that maybe baby leader kind yeah. of yeah maybe baby leader yeah. yeah oh yeah 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 totally, totally i just feel like i'll borrow my friend's kids i yeah. feel so bad for my kids because i'm gonna be like we're talking about sex right now like while right? they're in the womb <laughs> <laughs> like jacqueline friedman's just like on cassette tape and i have like the headphones, the headphones like around on. my belly like they're so they're gonna yeah. be you're like fuck classical music this <laughs> right. is what we're doing here we go guys <laughs> let's plug you can you tell us what you are doing now what you're doing in the future yeah, what's where coming we can up find you what your twitter's Oh yeah, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere you want to. Twitters, all the Twitter, all the socials are at Awkward Sex in the City. Um, Mine personally are. I think I just changed my Insta to like Natalie with like G in the front, like a Nat. Um, (laughs) Awesome. Because like, why not? Yeah, I do it every month. And we'll put all that information in the episode notes so people can find you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, 
Also, oh. it'd be cool if anybody wanted to send in a cool, awkward sex story. Oh, for yeah. Us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we'll read it. Email, yeah. email us. Anonymously. Do it. Like. Do yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. It's very liberating, guys. Just email it. Do it anonymously or put your real name. It's real fun. It's a great time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tell us your weird shit. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. It was fun. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. God damn it. It doesn't sound right when I do it. I know. (laughs) Places you can find us (laughs) on Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends. And uh, Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. We also have a website, welcomemyvagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page, also yep. Welcome to My Vagina. Uh-huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man. Yeah. We, we definitely want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah. And also we love... Of, uh, our white women peers, but we're two white women sitting here, so we'd love more diverse voices. Also, thank you so much to our producer, uh, Caitlin Moldenhauer of More Banana Productions. Please check out all of the work from this all-women network, including World Stealers, There Will Be Porn, I'm Listening with Anita Flores, and Awkward Sex in the City with Natalie Wall. Yeah, More Banana Production is killing it. Yeah, guys, we're kind of taking over the world. And don't forget to review us. And subscribe and tell your friends. Yeah. And we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. <laughs> Merkin merch. Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Dun, da, da. Dun, da, da. Yeah. All right. And See you next Tuesday. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs>